Here we go, Friday night, end of the work week, no it's not, <laughs> snap, we all work tomorrow, no strike here, content's still going, a writer strike in Hollywood, new blog or newsletter coming up, maybe make your movie 2023 continues, Ukraine war going to be over soon, workout done, and Blue Frog, yeah, I'm still eating it, are you? <laughs> Sounds funny out of context, Friday, May 5th, 2023, I'm Steven Sersky. Uh, Canadian expat in Beijing, China, living here for many, 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 many years. Uh, and I realized actually today, uh, I guess I'm becoming one of the, um, the new old guards, isn't it? I mean, you've been here for eight, nine years. That's, uh, that's a long time. That's a long time in expat years. <laughs> Doesn't feel like nine years to tell you the truth or eight years however many it is i mean uh, minus one year when i was back in canada for uh, a bit taking care of some family business uh, um which i might have to do again not not the same type of family business thankfully but uh, uh certainly uh, some other things i might have to start thinking about if i'm going to be overseas uh, the vast majority of time it might just have to be that i have to make some uh, decisions about what to do with all that stuff that's left in canada and uh yeah but uh eight nine years in china already um april actually march april march oh it was march right march actually um well i guess it was january but march um 2000 i think it was 10 i think i started backpacking around uh southeast asia uh but before that uh maybe 2009 somewhere around there uh but uh, i've been traveling for quite a bit of time and China's the the country that I've sort of stayed in the longest uh not just because it's been easy to stay here uh it, I mean coronavirus kind of put a put a pause on things for a few years three years basically since 2020 and um only now opening up so this uh this year I think is going to become sort of the uh the the, the crux the uh, the question the the hinge the decision maker of whether or not china becomes like this place beijing uh is a good place from which to uh basically travel like live out of uh, since we're returning to normalcy quote unquote um it's is China, is Beijing a place that uh, I can see myself living? Can people see myself? Can people see themselves living here uh, for an extended period of time? Um, my teacher today was asking me, do you plan on living in China for the rest of your life? I'm like, oh, Lord, no. <laughs> I don't think they'll let me, to tell you the truth, after 65, 70, unless you have a... Actually, even if you have a... So if you have a green card, you don't have to leave right away, but I'm not sure if they would renew a green card after the age of 65 or age uh, age of 70 i'm not sure i don't entirely know um i don't know that many people who are that old uh that or of that age i should say not that old who are of that age who have green cards and who are still in china uh all of those conditions being met or even two of those conditions being met, let's put it that way. So uh, it's not a very common uh, situation at all. What is it going to happen later on? Who knows? Uh, but uh, yeah, no, I, I don't see China as home. And given the current uh, climate, the current uh, geopolitical climate, uh, who knows, right? It's, it's hard to ignore this stuff as an expat. 
but at the same time, how much can you really sort of take into account when you're deciding these things? Sometimes it just comes down to like, how do you feel in the area that you are? Do you feel safe? Do you feel like you're doing stuff? Are you busy? Um, and I mean, let's put it this way. If you were to leave, if I were to leave my apartment, which I don't do very much, uh, and go somewhere else, and if I had a negative experience, how much would of that could be or would be attributable to other people's reading of the news rather than of that situation itself? You understand? So it's, is it the situation where I'm in and something happens where, you know, I'm either causing a problem or someone else is causing a problem uh, and then we could solve it? Or is it that there's a stigma because the other person may read the news or see something on online? They're like, oh, well, you know, foreigners do this, Canadians do that, or something along those lines. Like, so I haven't had much of an experience like that at all because I haven't been traveling at all. Uh, and looking at it, I don't know if I'm, I wouldn't mind doing a couple day trips out of Beijing or a couple weekends away, but that's not going to happen probably till August or September at the earliest, just given what I've got lined up from now until um, till July, which includes a return to Canada of all things. Uh, and uh, so I am looking at going back to Canada, and uh, I was listening, listening to another podcast, the No Agenda um, podcast, a podcast, uh, and actually these guys, um, John C. Dvorak and Adam Curry, they do a pretty good job of uh, uh, deconstructing the, the news media, and they, they relish in this. I mean, this is what they are doing these days. And they sort of assemble enough clips of, from enough different uh, speakers um, both from the mainstream media and from other places to sort of give it an indication of how things might turn out. And I've mentioned this before about Ukraine, the Ukraine war winding down, and this is, I get this idea from them. Um, and although, like, I know a lot of Ukrainian Canadians who would not be happy with any sort of settlement, the, if you look at sort of what uh, has happened to the Donbass area of Ukraine, and it's being leveled. Like, the, make no mistake, it's been leveled. The cities are destroyed. Uh, people are uh, murdered, um, or they've been driven out, basically. And what it looks like is that if if there was some sort of agreement met, uh, that uh, you know, Putin is uh, charged and convicted, although not arrested. Uh, because maybe he just doesn't have to leave. He doesn't have to go anywhere that he could get arrested sort of thing, right? He's buddies with China. China's not going to arrest him for the United States or for the Hague. No, not going to happen at all. Um, and that being the case, so he can be considered a criminal by whatever standards the world wants to put on him, fine. But if they, at that point, like the, the Western, like the Hague and the United States say, well, okay, we, we convicted him, so he's a wanted criminal, Um you know, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll find him a bunch of money or whatever. So they just seize a bunch of a bunch of Russian money that's already outside of the country anyway. They take that, they give half of it to Ukraine, they keep the other half. Uh, Ukraine doesn't get its land back, nor Crimea, but now they agree to some sort of DMZ. Well, that's what the Donbass area has become, basically. There's no one living there. I mean, if there are living there, then they're, they're living in squalor, basically. Uh, and it, this, I mean, would this give a buffer? Is that the buffer that Putin wants between the West and Russia, the Russian borders? Is that 
would he be content with that? I mean, he's no doubt content with what's sort of what, what cities have been raised so far. Now, of course, there's these drone attacks that are going on, and the the thing I don't know I don't know how true these are. There are there's some suspicion about who who's doing them because if a drone is near the Kremlin, uh, I mean that is how how much did they drop their guard? Basically, it just doesn't make sense that. Uh, something like that would would happen. It'd be like a drone over, you know, the White House. <laughs> Someone would lose their head for that. Basically, is is what would happen. So uh, chances are, uh, this is um, yeah. I don't know. It doesn't seem like what the news media seems to be uh, conveying. But anyway, I don't particularly feel the need to keep on going on about this. Uh, where I where it interests me is that. Uh, if the Ukraine war is going to be over, and I do travel to Poland and Ukraine uh, this summer, I mean, will it be end- over by then? Um, is it going to, like, what's going to be it like on the streets of, uh, of Ukraine? Now, in their latest episode uh, this, of this No Agenda podcast, uh, they do talk, they ask, like, well, how are the students, they, they have this one clip about a student being very, you know, uh, they're responding, they're happy that, and they were talking about in class, and one of the commentators, uh, Curry, is like, well, I thought all these people were running away from bombs in Kiev, why are they going to class? Well, I, I mean, one of my my Ukrainian teachers is living in Kharkov, and she's, I'm like, are, you're in a war zone, she's like, yeah, the war's over there, and I'm living over here, you <laughs> know, and I was like, oh, it, to me, that was kind of like, wow, and same with uh, the teacher in uh, Lviv, uh, she's like, yeah, don't go to the western parts of um, Ukraine, or sorry, the, the eastern parts of Ukraine, because that's where the, the wars and the bombs and the mines are all sort of situated. Um, in the western part, so far, it's okay, right? They don't they don't feel as threatened as it is in the east. Now, going to Kharkov might be a bit of a difficult uh, uh, tr- journey. Uh, but Kiev, I don't know. A lot of political leaders have been there. Not that I'm of that stature, but if they can visit, why can't you know a, a lowly tourist visit as well? Uh, is it is it time? Why not? And uh, how long should I stay? Basically, the other interesting thing that this podcast uh, sort of pointed out, and uh, I refer you to their latest episode, the April um, sorry the May fourth episode of their their podcast where they start talking about how Biden is sort of being pushed out by the Democrat Party itself. And then they also have some clips from uh, Michelle Obama, uh, who says that she won't run for office unless maybe she was sort of asked to run for office. And you kind of see what could happen if Biden's out, Trump's going to run, then Kamala Harris and Michelle Obama run. I mean, what sort of election will that be? in 2024 could you imagine that happening so again no agenda podcast go check that one out uh at the may 4th 2023 episode is where they talk a lot about that stuff uh no strike here <laughs> content's still going yeah so i'm still doing my podcast apparently there's a writer's strike in hollywood going on right now this is after covid has decimated uh the uh, the movie industry i i don't yeah unionization i guess uh it's hard to get in because you have to get a certain number of hours or jobs or I, can't, I honestly I think I looked once and the requirements were kind of like 
I don't fit the bill and I'd rather go travel than, you know, fight this battle sort of thing. And I think I made the right decision to tell you the truth. Uh, but uh, all that being said, apparently there's some sort of strike in Hollywood where they want more money and uh, streaming residuals, uh, which is kind of interesting because you kind of think of it, are these writers, uh, do they get paid like a salary for what they're doing? Or is it like spec work or, or what is it? I mean, it just seems odd that they can go on strike to tell you the truth. Anyway, as a result, all the night shows and everything that are, are taking breaks. Um, aren't any of them podcasting? Wouldn't it be great if more like Hollywood writers would actually podcast, you know, and, and do some writing stuff like that? How much more, you know, genuine content there actually could be out there that you can learn something from. Um, unless they don't want you to learn the tricks of the trade. But what, what are the tricks of the trade? I mean, you, you don't even need to write a script. You need a bunch of uh, images. You stitch them together using a program, even like CapCut, that, that can do it for you on its own. And then you post it to TikTok, done. <laughs> like, you, you don't need to overthink what a movie should be anymore. Yes, you can have big movies, but I, I, I don't what was the last big movie you watched? What was the last indie movie you watched? And given the the plethora of both, which would you rather watch? Big budget Hollywood flick? Or an, an independent movie from like Europe? Or some other movie? Right? From some other part of the world that maybe doesn't get as much uh, press. So, interesting. But anyway, my own May You Make Your Movie uh, 2023 edition continues. I've uh, uploaded some more videos there, and I'm uploading. I'm working on one right now, and I'm about to upload the next one. Uh, so, again, this is on YouTube and on Instagram. This is, uh, again, this month, throughout the month of May, I basically make a little video each and every day, um, just trying out different uh, ideas and different approaches to making movies. Uh, mostly just these are video sketches, if you will. And the idea is to, um, along with trying out ideas, is to increase my workflow, uh, both productivity and efficiency. So I want to be able to do these things fast, like quick, 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 um, and still have quality to it, but not struggle with sort of, oh, what video compression do I need? Or how does this sound? Or like the how to figure out the HDR, HDR uh, tools in Final Cut Pro and stuff like that, right? So it's, it's things like that. It's just meant to get familiarity with working with these these things. You know, given that I'm not a I'm, you know a professional working video editor or anything like that, uh, I use these things more every now and then rather than like, well, I do use them every day, I guess, but uh, not for any other clients. And the goal is to, I mean, not necessarily to have other clients, but certainly to be creating uh, something watchable in the future. I've mentioned before uh, one of the, uh, the the goals I have is to create like a six-part, 22-minute animated TV series, or not something like a, a, a web series, basically. So, But 22 minutes long, six parts, published online. That That's one goal I have. Um, how I go about doing it, I still haven't scripted it. I don't, this is all something that has to be worked out. Um, but this this month, sort of, and the, these video sketches sort of push me towards developing the technical know-how to execute the ideas for an animated uh, show quicker than rather sitting down, writing a show, and then figuring out how to do it, right? So that, that's sort of uh, what I'm looking at doing with uh, these uh, video sketches. 
And uh, likewise, with, I mean, making a feature film at some point, probably, I have one idea, I have a couple ideas, of course, but one idea that I've been kicking around for like 10 years and I always thought, you know what, what would my life be like if I just made a feature film? Like, because I've never done it. I've never done it before. For all my sort of interest in making movies and stuff like that, and I, I won't lie, there are times when I kind of go, why bother? Why bother making movies? They're they're non-environmentally friendly, despite what all the actors like to to to, to say. I mean, does it? Will your life change very much with the movie? Do your does your life change when you see something? I mean, and I can tell you, actually, the, the one idea I have is a horror flick uh, that, and it's very common for beginning filmmakers to make one of the three. So it's a horror love or comedy those are your, your three standard sort of buy-in feature length films which are around 90 minutes done with no budget and done with no name actors basically and I, so i guess what intrigues me about this is the idea of whether or not i could actually do it and could i do it while living in beijing or can i do it somewhere else right like that that's sort of the idea like the the, the challenge is in getting it done so the story that's interesting i think would mean would be more about getting a feature film done rather than the feature film itself which is probably a terrible way to approach it but i know i have that script kicking around even if i don't have the script i could recreate it do i even need the script or do i just need a bunch of actors tell them a bunch of do i need how many actors do i need i need a couple locations and again this is one of these things where with these maybe make a movie in march motion honing the skills to be able to do this very quickly and very easily in a short amount of time. A new blog or newsletter going to be posted. I'm not sure if I'm going to publish it as a blog or just as a newsletter, but uh, the Chinese uh, Changes 2023, the May 2023 Chinese Changes um, edition is going to be out soon. So every year I sort of sit down around this time of year and uh, think about some of the things that have changed um, over the last year. The big one, of course, was covid Uh, which seems so long ago already now that we're back to uh, normalcy. But I work from home, so I don't really know any way to tell you the truth. Hong Kong was sort of my big experiment of, you know, going outside the Beijing Beijing city borders. Um, But uh, other than that, uh, has anything else changed? And there are a few things. So I'm going to take another look at that, edit that up, and I'll be uh, hopefully publishing it this uh, weekend as well. Of course, for my newsletter, you can go to Substack, stevensersky.substack.com. That's where I have my newsletter. Sign up there, uh, and you can uh, follow along with all the great writing I publish once a week. Usually, I send out a little uh, blog or an email, and uh, yeah, to all the uh, subscribers. Very small crowd so far. Workouts done. Four miles run. Three hundred double unders. 100 pull-ups, 200 push-ups, 300 squats, and then a slow weight workout after work. I was, uh, so I I mentioned, was it last week, that I'm I'm reading Haruki Murakami's uh, The Novelist as a Vocation, and he has a whole chapter about why he runs and how he, like, what what he does to keep in shape. Uh, One line he has in that book is that as soon as a writer gets fat, he's done, Uh, meaning that if they are not taking care of themselves uh, physically and they're sitting there uh, and they are not being active and being healthy in their own life, how can they continue being healthy in their writing output? He makes an interesting observation and one that I agree with and one that I've experienced. It's that 
if you as a writer, or you want to be as a, uh, a writer, are going to be able to sit there for five or six hours a day to write the necessary writings, write the necessary words, you have to be in shape. You cannot be out of shape. And I remember this because uh, with my ho- my own mo- hip mobility issues, one of the things that prevented me a lot of times from completing stuff, from continuing and working and really sitting down and one of the reasons why I don't mind, like I enjoy sitting, working at home and being able to do all this video editing stuff that I, that I can do is because I can sit for that long. I wasn't able to before. Hour and a half, I'd have to get up and move. I'd have to stand. I'd have to try to stretch. It was just terrible. And pain, we're talking pain, 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 pain. It hurt to sit for a long time. And then it hurt to stand for a long time. Then it hurt to walk for... So COVID forced me to do this. I, I wanted to get my hip mobility back, and I've been working on it ever since. It's gotten far better. It's not as bad pain. It's not 100%. I don't know if I can get it to 100%. I would love to. I really would. I don't know what it would take to get it to 100%, but I can say, and this is where I agree with Mr. Haruki uh, uh, Murakami, that if you're going to do these creative ventures, uh, and you're going to sit in one room, whether you're a video editor, a music editor, um, a writer, a novelist, or whatever, or maybe you're just an English teacher who sits down all day, right, uh, in front of a computer uh, talking to different students throughout the day. You got to be in shape. This running at, at lunch has helped. Uh, doing the weights, I mean, yeah, it takes more time, but again, it's a good transition from work day to not work day. Uh, or after work, work day sort of thing. Um, and then just the, the no pain. So I've talked about the intermittent fasting. I've talked about my diet, like the things I eat, the different workouts I do. And it sounds kind of crazy, but it all has sort of, it's built up over the time. Wow, I wasn't doing this three years ago. Okay, like, like, let's just get that straight. Three years ago, four years ago, definitely wasn't doing this much. Um, I was doing very different workouts. I was not stretching as much. And I would say, if there's anything that I would choose to do on any given day, it's I would actually rather stretch. Uh, more so than walking, but I do like getting out so I can be outside of my apartment for at least once a day sort of thing. But stretching, absolutely. It's uh, 100% would agree and would say that if you if you were given a choice between, well, should I go for a run or should I go stretch, uh, I'd say go do both. You probably could. You probably do have time to do both, 20 minutes and 20 minutes. Dokai, both are okay. Or spend the 40 minutes stretching. You'd be surprised at just how much better you will feel. Um, uh, you know, and I talked to my mom. She's like, yeah, you know, your body does, gets a little uh, less forgiving the older you get. I'll tell you. I don't know how right she is. I mean, she's up there already, I, I know, and I've got a few elders around the the, uh, the family and everything, but I'll, I'll tell you, a long, that's a long time away. As in, and, okay, I was thinking about this today on my run. I'm going, you better buy nice shoes. You better enjoy the run. And even if you don't, you better make sure that you can enjoy it because you got another 40, 60, 80, 100 years of this, of running four miles three times a week right? You think of it that way, oh my goodness, that's, that is a lot. That, that, that becomes unbearable to think about. So how do you even, how do you, how do you conceptualize that? 
right? And you're asking, you're probably going, Steve, 100 years? Really? I'm going, well, come on. I mean, how do you ward off that type of aging? Are there people who can keep on running for so long, right? And, and keep their bodies moving. And isn't that the goal? To be able to be mobile, to be independent and on your own, um, not depend on, you know, your children or grandchildren to help you out in your, your old age? I, mean, I, I guess that that's, I assumed that's sort of what the healthy living style would be like sort of thing is, is to not end up, you know, a dribbling, dribbling slob in a nursing home sort of thing, right? You, you, you don't want that. You want to be on the mobile end of things where you're able to do things on your own and uh, take care of uh, business as it is needed. And yes, blue frog. So um had my burger again today. I uh, also had a salad, chicken salad. I was like, oh, I should probably get some greens today too because haven't had any of those and my fridge is pretty much empty because I haven't been shopping in a couple days so I should probably go do that at some point uh, but uh, yeah Blue Frog I don't know if because what a month ago or so there was some uh, problems with uh, cleanliness hygiene in one of the stores not the one that I buy not the one that I get my food from uh, but uh, one of them was shut down temporarily I'm not sure what's happened to it since then uh, I don't they still make good food and I know people still talk about it so something they are doing something right and keeping things going all right folks I'm going to leave it there thanks for listening I appreciate it show notes and tracks up on my website stevensterski.com have a great weekend and sign up for the newsletter as well we'll talk again have a good one bye bye